You're listening to the Full and Thriving Podcast, a place where courageous women come to break free from food obsession, heal their relationship with their body, and strive to live a life that's present, lighthearted, and meaningful. If you're listening, my wish is that this podcast serves as a catalyst that inspires you to nourish your body, nurture your mind, and energize your spirit. I'm your host, Meg McCabe, a certified life coach and eating disorder recovery coach with a PhD in having a good time. Just kidding about that last part. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Have you ever gone shopping for clothes and found yourself having an emotional breakdown in the fitting room about your size, weight, or appearance? Well, imagine witnessing hundreds of fitting room meltdowns as a bra fitter and turning it into a coaching career that empowers folks to feel confident in and outside of the dressing room. Well, this is exactly what today's guest, Kime Caldwell, did with her career. Kime is an undergarment educator, bra fitter, and self-love coach that helps people feel comfortable and confident in their bodies. She's appeared on the Today Show, the Rachel Ray Show, and the Martha Stewart Show. So she's really the go-to professional for all things bras, body love, and confidence. In this episode, I really intended to switch things up. And I will say, this show is different than our usual episode because we're not only talking about eating disorders, we're talking about broader concepts like style, femininity, and rejecting beauty standards. So if you've ever felt shame, confusion, and discomfort in the fitting room and had one of those moments where you thought you'd never be able to accept your body, this episode is for you. Hello, Kime. How are you today? Hooray. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited too. I can't believe we are talking. It has been such a long time. Truly. Yes. And as we were just saying, I am so excited to chat with you because it has been a long time, but also like even just catching up with you has been really great. But to learn more about what you've been doing in this space and like all of the good work, the conversations that you're having, like that is really exciting to me. And then also to relive how we met, babe, because (laughs) I don't think I remember. You're one of those people that has just been like, I don't know, part of my life for a while. So now I'm like trying to think back about how we met and I don't even know. I know. It's so funny. It was a very vivid day for me and it's very connected into my entrepreneurial journey. So I'll just quickly remind you, maybe you'll get some memories back. I have an idea. I have an idea. I'm not 100% confident, so I can't wait to hear. It's going to be a surprise for everybody. Yes. (laughs) You probably don't know my entrepreneurial journey, but I made this very haphazard decision to just quit my job when I was 24 and move to Manhattan, or actually Astoria, so that's part of it. Yes, Astoria, shout out. Love that place. That was my home for a long time. Love it there. So I moved to Astoria to become a life coach. As one does. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I was 24 and I had no business strategy. I had no niche to find. And I was very much into going to networking events and entrepreneurial networking things. And I found this women's circle for small business owners. 
And it was one of those New York days. Like I remember going into Manhattan for this women's circle of entrepreneurs. And (laughs) first of all, it was so embarrassing because before I got there, I had spilled an entire burrito on my lap. Oh my goodness. So my entire outfit was totally ruined and I had to put on these really weird looking workout pants (laughs) with my business professional top. So I showed up (laughs) with like spandex workout pants. And a business professional top, and I probably reeked of burrito. And I know this as, as one does. <laughs> <laughs> and you were running the circle, and this was <laughs> my first exposure to female entrepreneurs in New York City. And so I just remember really thinking you were like the coolest person ever. Oh my gosh. And I remember all of the other women in that group very distinctly. And I'm still friends with all of them on Facebook. And they probably have no idea who I am or where they met me from. But we all ended up going to get, I think, some apps and drinks afterwards. And then- Okay, yes. This is all becoming so much clearer now. Yes. This is like on 29th Street in Manhattan. I like totally remember this. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, I was burrito girl. Oh, I don't remember that part at all, actually, to be fair. So the burrito or not, that was still a wonderful, magical day. Yes, I was very self-conscious of smelling like a burrito the whole time. And then you and I discovered we were both living in Astoria, so we took the trek home together. And then you told me all about your business, and I was just amazed. You were full-time. You were doing all the things. We discovered we have the same birthday, which I always remembered. I did not remember that. Wow. I'm so glad we're catching up. Wow. Capricorn power, babe. Capricorn power. And so as I decided to start for your own update, I started to find a niche and my work into the eating disorder recovery space because of my lived experience with an eating disorder. Yep. And I've been following your very unique career path. Also niche. Very niche career path throughout this entire time. And I see some similarities there. And yeah. for everyone listening, Kime is a profiter and coach. And there's so much more to that. And so anyway, before we dive into exactly what Kime does, Kime, what are your thoughts on this story? First of all, I'm so glad you refreshed my memory. And thank you so much for not judging that I don't remember because I have one of those memories where I have like a magical day and then I'm like, what happened? Who was this? And I meet great people and I'm like, what's your name? But I love how we've actually stayed in touch and I've been following your journey as well. And I saw that this became a niche of yours. I love it. I love that you're working in the space because people need so much support here. But yeah, I don't remember the burrito at all. I probably didn't even notice. You're totally clear there. And I loved hosting women's circles, but this must have been what, 2014, 15, 16, one of those years, right? Yeah, 2015, I think. 2015. Wow. So this was so long ago. For all of y'all that are listening, so much can change in that time. And yet I feel like we can just pick right back up Mm -hmm. and do this great podcast together. So thank you so much for inviting me. I'm just excited. You're very welcome. I'm so excited too. And I think everyone listening is probably very excited and curious because we're taking a shift away from eating disorders specific education today. And we're shifting more towards body love, body acceptance, confidence, and femininity. And so I would love to just ask you, what exactly, as a bra fitter and coach, what is your purpose? What would you say is your like thing? 
Oh man, I'm going to back up and tell you my why, right? So I know a lot of people who are in business or who are doing, and not necessarily even in business, but there's a big you know, movement to find your why. And if you don't know about this, look up Simon Sinek and he has a very popular YouTube video from 2008. But now he has books on this and he has a second book on how to find your why, which was very life-changing for me because I had watched the find your why video once. And I promise this will make sense about bras in a minute, but I had found that once and I had had been fitting people for bras already. And I really did feel like bras and undergarments were my purpose and were my tool to help somebody say hooray, which is my way of saying like really like enjoy their life and enjoy themselves. But I was so stuck on the how of bras being the only tool that I was really missing out on the why I was doing it. And I think I knew it, I just hadn't gotten clear. So anyway, fast forward and years later, I'm at a fireside chat with Simon Sinek and two people that co-wrote his second book with him of How to Find Your Why. And a girl in front of me asked a question I was not brave enough to ask. And she said, I feel like I know my why. I just want to know my how. And that was me. I was like, I know what I'm doing. I know bras. Like, I just want to figure out how to do this in the world. And he said, okay, well, what's your how? And she said, well, my how is that I help busy professionals. I think she was working in the hospitality space. I help busy hospitality workers find a better work-life balance. And he goes, okay, there's a lot of how in your why already. And he said, your why is related to anything that you do. It could be your job. It could be the way that you relate to your husband or your parents or your friends. It's like the reason people really love you and like the contribution you're making in the world in general. And I was like, what? And he said, do you feel like your friends love you because you help hospitality workers find a better work-life balance? And she said, no, they like me because I'm funny. He said, great. That's a lot closer to your why. And I got like full body chills and I was like, oh my gosh. And it was that moment that I realized the why behind what I was doing was so much bigger than the bras, but mm -hmm. I was approaching bra fitting in this way. So I'm telling you this for context because my why is I support people to find pathways of love within themselves and with each other so that we can have a more harmonious world. That's why I do anything. So if y'all don't think you can do that with a bra and a bra fitting, like I hope this podcast changes your life. <laughs> I hope you realize that it is possible, but it's the reason that I'm both a bra fitter and an undergarment educator, and I'm a coach and a women's circle leader, because the things that I was doing, the how and the what, right, really always serve that why of helping people uncover pathways of love. So practically speaking, I was a bra fitter for a long time, since 2005, and I loved helping people find bras, but more importantly, I loved helping people look into the mirror and like who they saw, not just what they saw, like who they saw, and to really find that hooray from the inside out. So I say hooray inside, outside, and underneath. And the underneath is what we put on our body right over our hearts, you know, like right over that really sacred part of ourselves. So I've been a bra fitter. I'm now an educator. I work with brands to support them and share them. I go on television a lot and share some great 101 there. I do a lot of projects within my industry. I'm about to train bra fitters so that y'all can find compassionate bra fitters who actually are trained and know what they do, but also create a really safe and sacred space within that fitting room because we need this. We need this support in our lives. So that in a nutshell is why I do what I do. <laughs> I love that. Finding pathways of love, building pathways of love. That's such a bigger why than just, I want someone to know what bra size they have, right? It's like, yeah. or how to fit a bra properly. Yeah. 
And that alone is enough. Like truly, like if anyone here listening has gone in for a bra fitting with like a real professional and you found bras that fit, it's like almost going from having chronic pain and then one day you realize, oh, I don't have to feel this way. And you either do the exercises or take the medicine or get the adjustment and you're like, whoa, I was dealing with this every day of my life and I don't need to. That alone is life-changing. But it's the deeper stuff that is more important to me. The like, how does this affect me as a human being every day? Especially if you have that daily ritual of putting on and taking off a bra. If we do this every day, imagine how incrementally you can change your life if you're putting something on your body that fits well, feels really great, is a reflection of who you want to be that day. So like, you know what? If you want to wear your sad beige bra because it makes you feel great, great. But most people are just wearing it because it's all they have and it doesn't even feel good. So imagine if you open up your drawer in the morning and instead of going, ugh, if I have to, you got to go, okay, who do I want to be today? How do I want to feel today? How do I want to support and adorn my body today? How do I want to go out into the world today? Do I want to feel held, supported? Do I feel comfortable? Do I want to feel sexy? Do I want to feel empowered? Like, how do I want to feel? And nobody else has to know because it's underneath your clothes. It's a personal decision that you get to make every single day. And then if you want to add a little affirmation or a little self-love on top of that every single time you put your bra on, imagine incrementally if you do that every single day how your life will change. Sorry, I get passionate about this. I get passionate about this. This is is important. (laughs) I love that so much. It's almost like your bra becomes a tool or almost like a portal to a version of you that you want to be that day. And I don't I love that. Yeah. What can I say? But yeah, I feel like everyone listening to this has a really complicated relationship with their body. And There's a lot of body shame, a lot of body hatred almost. And so it's interesting because we talk about bras in a way of how to find bras that fit so that you're not triggered, right? So you were talking about putting on bras and having them be really uncomfortable and living with that chronic discomfort and not really realizing why. So we talk a lot about like basically wear bras that are comfy so you're not triggered into using an eating disorder behavior. That's about it. So the fact that you are expanding this into being like an empowered choice that can transform your confidence is a really interesting concept to me. I mean, listen, I will be completely transparent that I have not dealt with, and I've I've told you this offline too, I've not dealt with an eating disorder or a diagnosed eating disorder in my life. And I definitely had disordered thoughts and uncomfortable conversations and unhealthy thoughts that I was having around myself and my body and food and specifically, but also just like how I was talking to myself. So we were talking about how I started this when I started being a bra fitter when I was 19. A couple days later, I turned 20. So I usually tell people 20, but I was actually a teenager and I was going to school for musical theater, as one does in Manhattan. <laughs> and Everything at that time, and even before that, to be fair, was about how I looked. You know, I felt like I was too much of this and not enough of that. And that's just our such a common story, I think, that we tell ourselves as people and especially as women and those inhabiting a woman's body. Like, we're just too much or not enough all the time. And so I was constantly telling myself that specifically around my body and how I looked. 
And when I look back, and I think this is common for a lot of people, when I look back at pictures and see reality versus my self-perception, I was like, gosh, I was really wrong about that. But it became this awareness because it became a bra fitter. So I was just broke, honestly. I was living in New York City. I was making $7 an hour selling shoes. So I was eating off the Wendy's dollar menu and barely making it, like ramen noodles every night, living in an apartment that was like $275 a month, my portion of it, and bed bugs, rats, mice, robs that got robbed. It was horrible. And I needed a change. I was desperate. And a friend of mine said, Hey, I know a place that's hiring and they sell bras. Are you interested in bras? I didn't even care what they sold. I was like, truly, I will sell whatever you want. What do they pay? And she said, $10 an hour. And I said, Oh my God, I'm going to be rich. Let's go. Like like a 30% increase. I was so excited. So I was like, yes. So I ended up going down there. I got hired on the spot and I did not care about bras. Like I would have sold whatever, but the first week of being there completely changed my life. And that's because like, I think a lot of people, you know, this was before Instagram and this was before any kind of body positive or body acceptance or body kindness movements. And so all I had to compare my body to was the perfectly airbrushed images in magazines. And I know this is a common theme for a lot of people when they see these images and they can, oh my gosh, they can still be triggering to me. And that comparison did me no favors because I was comparing myself to false perfection. But I didn't know any better. I was young. And so when I tell you I saw every kind of body you could imagine (laughs) in the fitting rooms of New York City, it was every kind of body you can imagine. And it was such a blessing because I saw people even that I thought were beautiful come in that still had these quote unquote imperfections, that still had stretch marks like I did, that still had cellulite like I did, that still had all these things. And also it was a wake up call to me because I was seeing people who had given birth to four people who were transgender, who were larger, who were smaller, who were whatever. People after cancer, that was a big eye opener for me as a young person. And when I did compare my body to them, I was like, oh, my body is actually quite able and young and privileged. I'm white presenting, I'm Latina. Like I had a lot of privileges that I just was taking for granted. And so without comparing in a way of like, oh, I should feel guilty or I should feel you know, grateful for this, I just realized what a waste of time it was to talk to myself this way. Because every single person who came into that fitting room had something negative to say to themselves in the mirror. Even the people I thought were stunning. And so... It was really a wake-up call for me, and I had this compassion for each person that came in, and you'd be surprised, maybe you wouldn't be, but people might be surprised how vulnerable the bra fitting room is. And when you're in a tiny fitting room in the middle of crazy, you know, intense Manhattan, and you take your top off in front of somebody, and you bear your body to someone, what you are willing to share with them. And everything would come up into that fitting room. And so I found myself kind of coaching people as a 20-year-old in the fitting room because I, I think just instinctively was like, yeah, I can find you a bra that fits, but like, can we talk about how you're talking to yourself in the mirror right now? And so it became this blessing in my life to both witness that in other people, see the transformation that it made. And really also as a young person, I had a lot of people who were very skeptical. They were like, you know, women would come in that were 65 years old and they'd be like, I've been wearing a bra longer than you've been alive. Like there's no <laughs> way you'd be able to help me. And I was like, okay, ma'am, like, let's just try this and see how it goes. And by the end they were like, oh my God, you're my favorite person. I want you to date my son. Let me take you to the ballet that really happened like I really went to see the nutcracker because I helped somebody with a bra and just like the life-changing effect that this could have on them in that moment and then in every single day following that 
Like that was life changing for me. And I went from being the kind of person who I didn't show my legs for seven years of my life. I wouldn't wear shorts. I was so ashamed to experimenting and doing so in private for a little bit and just recalibrating that relationship with myself, the way I was talking to myself. I realized this is common now, but at the time I didn't know. I just did this instinctively of starting to treat my body like a friend and would I talk to my friend that way? Like what kind of friend would I be if I talked to her that way? And asking what she needed, you know, really just like being good <laughs> with my body and building a relationship. And just like any relationship, it was rocky and it took time to rebuild that trust and that confidence in myself and in my relationship with it. So it was a really long process. And I was sort of doing it on my own for a long time just because I felt like the other way wasn't working. This wasn't working anymore. So yeah, so I made that big shift and then had 18 years basically of doing the same thing over and over again and helping other people change the way they saw themselves in the mirror and got the support that they needed. I love that. Oh, so I am really curious. Do you have any stories that are memorable from being inside the dressing room? Just, I'd love to hear something related to that that was striking to you. Oh, gracious. Where do I start? I have 18 years of this. And, you know, to be fair, many of those years I was fitting like 20 people a day. And then I transitioned into a different job. And then now I'm more of an educator. So I'm not fitting as many people on a regular basis. But I will tell you, in those years where I was fitting 20 people a day, I could write volumes of books on the lessons that I have learned in there and the things that I've seen. But two things I will share with you briefly. One is really around the three things that I think most people deal with when it comes to their busts and their chest and this part of the body. And that is shame. So like, again, they're too big, they're too small. So I'm too much, I'm not enough. They're saggy, they're asymmetrical, they've got hairs on them, like whatever. Like there's some kind of shame around this part of the body. It could also be like sexual shame or having been sexualized at a young age or something like that. That there's something about this part of my body that is not okay or not safe. The second one is confusion. So what size do I even wear? <laughs> what is the difference between a double D and an E? Why would I wear a 30 bend instead of a 34? Like all of those things. And then discomfort. That's the number one thing people usually notice first, right? Like it's digging in, it doesn't feel good, it's shifting, it's gapping, like I just don't feel good in it. So shame, confusion, and discomfort are the three top things that I actually address in the fitting room. It is not just let me get you the bra that fits. It's those three things that we actually talk about in that room. And the confusion around bra sizing and the education part that I do is totally connected to shame too. Because one of the stories is that a young person came in and, you know, I was so used to changing someone's life and shocking them with this new size and being like, yeah, girl, enjoy that. <laughs> and she was not on board. And when I told her that the best size that happened to fit her that day, she broke down. She started crying. And the first time I think in my life, I realized, oh, this is a really scary thing for some people. And the stories that we have around what that number means, what that size means, what that means about her can be really triggering. And so the story she had in her mind was that I'm too much. This is too big. I'm never going to be able to find a bra that fits. I'm enormous. I'm over-sexualized. People are going to think I'm a slut, like all the things. I didn't change the size of her body. 
we just discovered the size that actually fits. And most people were so excited to finally have a size that fit that I just sort of was like, ta-da! And so now I have a whole new, more gentle approach of supporting people in that way and kind of have to figure out, like, how do you feel about the size? And I can't tell you how many people say, I refuse to wear anything bigger than a D. Truly. There's like a lot of shame. And there's probably a lot of people who are like, are you kidding? I've got small A cups. I'd love to have a D. But the grass is always greener. And because of the way our culture views certain sizes, we have these stories about ourselves and what's okay and what's not okay and who we are and how this part of our bust projects that literally. So the reason I think it's so important that we address those three things is because, like I said earlier, undergarments and bras specifically are worn right over the heart. So if you know anything about chakras, or even if you don't, even if you just know this is a special part of the body, you know, and that your heart is there, those three things just cause blockage. They cause our shoulders to round and our heart to go back and for us to protect this part of the body or to be upset with it. My biggest goal, besides my why in general, is for people to have their shoulders back and their heart out, making heart-led decisions. And when we lift things like shame, confusion, and discomfort, we get to do that. Okay, so that's number one. That's like a general story, but here's a really specific story that I hope you love, and I'll make it quick. Okay, I love it. So I love, love, loved supporting people with what I would call specialty needs. So like moms who came in for nursing bras or whatever, but there was this one that was really great. So this wonderful woman came in and she was elderly. She had to have been in like her 80s. And she had had, and this is like a little bit of a TW here. Uh, we're going to talk about breast cancer and mastectomies. So this person had a double mastectomy. So her breast tissue taken out, and then she had had reconstructive surgery. So she had now these new forms on her body. And she came in with her husband. And her husband was the same age in his 80s. And they came shuffling into this tiny little store that we had. And it was like wall-to-wall bras. And there was no waiting area. So I lovingly told this man, like, you know, hey, you can leave. We've got her. She's in good hands. And he said, you know, I'm going to wait right here for my bride. We didn't have a chair for him. He was like sit and like shelf, basically. And I said, okay, if you want to wait, that's all good. So he waited. And I went in to help this woman. I was probably like 24 years old. I don't even know. And... She was so nervous, you could tell, and yet really eager for my help. And I said, okay, great. What do you need help with today? And she told me about her situation. And I'll never forget these words, Meg. She said, I just want to feel like me again. And I was like, oof. She had gone through such a scary thing that was living within her body right over her chest. And that surgery is not easy on the body at all. And now she had a whole new thing to get used to. And so usually when we do post-mastectomy bras, we're we're talking like stretchy, non-underwire, like kind of boring bras. She did not want that. This woman, we ended up getting her a red French bra. (laughs) I'm not kidding. We put this on her and she was so demure too. She was so sweet and so soft-spoken and she, you know, quivered a little bit. And I put it on her and I said, you know, this one fits really well. I don't know if you'll like it but it has enough flexibility, can work with your reconstruction. It's pretty soft. It's kind of flexible. Take a look and see what you think. And she turned around and she got tears in her eyes. And she said, oh my gosh, like I look like me again. And I was like crying, like, oh my gosh. And she, you could just see her radiating this beauty that she knew she had and that she felt like her identity was back. Our identities are sometimes carried in this part of the body. When we don't have breasts, we feel like, am I a woman? Now, 
I don't believe that's true, but we still have these stories, right? Or again, like if they're too big or too small, that makes up our identity. So her identity was restored with this one French bra. So anyway, we got her the things that she needed. I came out. I told the man, I said, hey, listen, you know, I think we got what she needed. And he like shuffled up. He's like, did she get everything? And I said, yes, sir. She found some great options. And he said, okay, I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to treat my bride. And I said, okay, sir, you can do that. Put him down. She came out. He said, how you feeling? And she was like, I feel really good. And I was just like, oh my God, I cannot eat it. I was crying. It was so beautiful and precious and such a wonderful example of partnership. And, you know, this man understood that she needed support. And I use that word a lot because there's the obvious connection of like supporting your breast and your bust. But I really believe in like that snug band around your body being a hug. And that support really lifting up your chest and helping your heart stand out and your shoulders back. Like it's physical, but it's also emotional. And not everybody has that connection to undergarments, but I sure do. And I think it's possible for people too. So, okay. Those are two. Oh, those are beautiful stories. I love that. Oh, thank you for sharing. I think it's a really interesting perspective to have that these undergarments can have a transformative effect on people and the experience of who they are. And it's also interesting from the eating disorder recovery lens, there is one thing I want to ask you about is that connection to that first story, which was that girl heard the numbers, right? She heard the specific size and she immediately broke down. And I think that's relatable in a sense that, and maybe people in the weight restoration process of eating disorder recovery, that's a very common thing. People who have like maybe anorexia have to restore weight and they actually get their chest back and get their like womanly figure back. I think hearing a size can be extremely triggering and it makes you question like who you are, what does this say about me? Am I too much? Am I too not enough? Blah, blah, blah. So I'd love to just talk to you about that campaign you're a part of, which is more than my numbers. So could you share that? I'd love to hear more. Yeah. And I want to say too, you know, that was a younger version of me that was in that room with that woman. And I'm so thankful for her because it helped me see like, oh, there are people who need different levels of support in here. Right. And so when I teach bra fitting now, which by the way, if anyone's interested in being a bra fitter and, you know, even just sometimes stylists want to know, like, how do I help, you know, people with their bras and stuff? I have one coming up because I always teach people two things related to this. One is to always ask for consent, right? And then also to ask for consent about looking in the mirror. Not everybody's comfortable looking in the mirror. And so really asking, like, do you want to take a look in the mirror instead of like, turn around and look and just really opening up that as an invitation if they would like to. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is we don't talk about size. I learned this very early. We don't talk about size. And when I measure someone, and this is exactly why I created this campaign, every single time I would wrap the measuring tape around someone, they would go and like try to suck it in or make themselves smaller. And you could see the panic in their mm-hmm. eyes and then have them go, what am I? What am I? What size am I? And I was like, whoa, hold on. And this is true, right? Bra fitters use a measuring tape truly as a starting point just to kind of get an idea of what we're working with here. But the truth is bra fitters actually have to try on bras with you. Oh. That is the part of bra fitting, right? Like that's that's actually what it is. So every single bra fits differently. 
And that one number will just give us a place to start so that when we're pulling things, we're not completely off, that we just have to adjust a little bit from here to there. So when I measure someone and they go, what size am I? I'm like, well, hold on, let's just try some bras together. So I'll bring in like two or three just to compare. And we'll put one on and immediately they'll want to look at the tag. I'm like, don't look at the tag yet because I'm not even sure if this one's going to fit. I usually know it's going to fit. Okay. But then like, I don't even know if this one's going to fit. So like, don't worry about that one, that size yet. Let's just see if this one fits. And I'm like, they're like, okay. So they put it on. I adjust everything. I talk to them about the features. I talk to them. I educate them on the fit. They're not even thinking about the number now because they've never been in a bra that fits this good. They're like, oh my gosh. They're looking in the mirror. They're checking themselves out. They're like, whoa, yes, I feel amazing. And then... If I feel like this is a good time or they feel safe to talk about size and they'll be like, what? And I'm like, let's talk about why. And then we do the conversation around this is why your band size changed. And so we had to go up in the cup and this is how cup sizing works. And you already feel really comfortable and good in this bra. So the number doesn't actually matter. It's just the fit on your body that feels good. So this whole idea came up because I was so upset with how defined people were by the number and the letter on their bra. And so I started this campaign called More Than My Numbers. This was also, I think, 2015, back in the day. And it started with me sort of sharing my numbers and just being honest with people. But I also started letting people know, like, that's not actually who I am. Like, AI can wear more than one size, but like that number is not actually a definition of me. Who I am and the things that you can never change about me are things like I am loved, I am generous, I'm divinely created. I am caring and empathetic. Like that's really who I am. I'm not this size. So language is so important, right? So in this campaign, I had other people join me and they shared their numbers. So both the bra measurements and the bra size, they shared a bunch of other numbers, like maybe their salary or the number of lovers they've had or their age or their dress size or their weight or whatever felt like they just wanted to release this hold from. And we just put those numbers next to them in a big old line and no one knew which was which. And it's just a listen with no context. These numbers mean nothing about you. Then we shared the things that they really are. And they shared a story about a particular number that they were just ready to release being defined by. And I'll add that you and I talked about this, that like this sort of slogan for this campaign is that I'm more than my numbers. And it's that numbers are information and not a definition. Mm. So that being said, you know, there are some numbers that are important to know, right? It's important to know certain things like maybe your blood pressure or for some people, maybe their weight. And for others, it's like we've become too obsessed and that's not a safe number for me to be in connection with anymore. That was me for a long time. And I shared with you that like, I don't own a scale and I haven't owned a scale in a long time because that became an unsafe number for me to be in, in community with <laughs> because I was defining myself by it. And too easily, I was defining myself and my worth and my beauty by that number. So I have a better relationship with that number now. And I feel like I can still talk about it or I can be weighed at the doctors and feel fine, or I can tell people this is about what I weigh. But it took a long time for me to get to that point. And things like bra sizing, if you want to go to a professional and you can truly tell a bra fitter like, hey, listen, I'm uncomfortable talking about these numbers. I'd love for you to just help me find a bra that fits and not even tell me the number. There are bra fitters who will do that for you. They're like, absolutely. Let's just put a bra on you. It fits and go home and never have to talk about that number again. We can cut the tag out if you want, like truly. And then there are people like me who love to educate people. So if you're open to that, we can talk about how you can safely interact with those numbers without letting them define you. 
right? Mm-hmm. Just so that you're knowledgeable and in the know so that you can go shopping without me, but also so that you are empowered with those numbers and can make a loving and informed decision about what you put on your body every day. That's the option. So if numbers are unsafe for people here, like please no shame, no judgment, you know, work with somebody who's willing to help you through that. And don't be afraid to tell them that that's a boundary that you have, that that's something, some kind of support that you need. And don't be afraid to experiment with getting to know those numbers in a detached way. That's not a definition of your worth. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips? And this might be too abstract, right? To really just give tips for, but how might someone go about neutralizing the numbers that their body presents? That's a great question. So I would start with your relationship with numbers in general. Don't start at the place where it's the scariest, right? So start with a portion of your life that's already a little bit neutral. So again, numbers in general tend to carry a lot of, and this is no pun intended, but a lot of weight. But you know, for some people, age is really easy. Or for some people, their salary, talking about money is really easy. So look at other places in your life where certain numbers, and it might be harder for some people to find this area, but it might be like the number of shoes you have, right? Like whatever it is, start someplace with looking at those numbers in a neutral way and asking yourself, how can I then continue that neutrality into this other area of my life? Mm. Knowing that this number is neutral and numbers are just a number, how can I then put this over there, right? But try in another area of your life first (laughs) and then bring those practices over into the area of your life that's a little bit more difficult. This was great advice I got from a coach once who was like, don't start with a difficult thing if that's difficult. Like (laughs) do this practice and something that's a little bit easier. It's why we start with piano scales instead of trying to play the sonata first. Yes. You know, like start and practice that neutrality with other areas of your life first. Then you can also start with parts of your body that you are also neutral with. Mm. So start with your hands maybe, or your toes, or your hair, or your ears, or your eyebrows, or things that just don't carry as much emotion around them. And remind yourself that that part of the body is just equally as neutral as that other part of the body that might be a little bit more triggering for you. I had to do this a lot for my legs and my tummy and with full transparency, this is a journey I feel like we're always on. And I don't mean that to scare anybody into thinking like, oh, I'm going to be in this forever, but more that like, there's no destination to get to. It's just a constant daily question of like, how can I take a loving step today? Mm. And so my body has changed a lot in the past, like five years for maybe even the last like three years. And I thought I was at such a great place. So I was like, oh my God, I am like preaching this stuff. It's so easy for me. And when my body changed, I had a whole new body to connect with. And so I started practicing the gratitude, acceptance, kindness, like whatever word you want to input here. But for me personally, it's those three. For the body that I have today, for the body that I had in the past, and for the body that I might have in the future. Because this body is going to change. And so I started connecting with my 17-year-old self that was the most insecure with her body. I started connecting with my 22-year-old self that was really demanding on her body. And just really forgiving 
myself at those times and having gratitude for my body and for what it did and how it worked with me in that relationship. And then for today, and then for how it might be in the future, my husband and I want to have kids one day. My body's drastically going to have a new job. It's going to be different. It's going to change again. So really stretching out the gratitude and like a timeline also helps me realize the temporariness of this body today. So there's like a little less pressure on having to love it exactly as it is because I'm like, and it's going to be different. (laughs) Like, you know, for some people that's not helpful. For me, I found that really helpful. Mm, I find that perspective really helpful too. Just like recognizing that your body is not this static robot that's just always expected to be the same and that environmental factors, age, health factors, all of those things impact the size as it ebbs and flows through different stages of life. Like I have seen weight changes pretty much observed. I don't weigh myself either, but like small changes here and there when like I move to a new place or a global pandemic hits or like putting it all into context over time has really helped. So I really love being able to look back at your younger self and how your body has evolved just to get out of that stuck rigid mentality of my body is the worst right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And everything's temporary. And listen, if you are a person that is measuring yourself for a bra or trying on bras that fit really perfectly in that moment is hard for you because if your body changes and you're very aware of it, I have a couple tips. So one is to wear something that's a little bit stretchier because the stretchy items can work with all sorts of bodies as they change. This is also great information for anybody in general, but especially if you are a person who's dealing with this. So wire-free stretchy bras may not offer the most support, And they are the most accommodating if your body is changing and if you are very sensitive to those changes then meaning something about you in a negative context. And if that's an area where it's triggering for you, so you're avoiding it, seek some help. You know, talk with somebody like me or come learn a little bit about how your bra should fit and how you can feel really supported in it so that way you don't have to stress alone. Mm, Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Really, really helpful just to remind people that you can choose clothes that work for where you're at. So if you're feeling really sensitive to the way a bra like digs into you because your body's changing, there are stretchy options, there are comfy options. And I highly recommend that for people who are going through maybe the weight restoration process or any body changes. Yeah. Very helpful, I think, just reminding people to always meet your body where it's at 100%. I am loving this information and all of these tips right now. I'm really curious about, like, let's talk about the beauty standard for a little bit, right? So, oh, great. Let's go there, Meg. (laughs) Our favorite. So talking about the beauty standard, I, unless I'm wrong, because I'm really not following too closely anymore. (laughs) Fair, fair point. Yes. It's all that like Kardashian type look, right? It's like, you're going to have large top, small waist, large bottom, and it's going to be really narrow waist and all the things. And honestly, it feels so unrealistic to obtain. And I know there are so many influencers out there who kind of teach people incorrectly, usually in a disordered way, how to obtain this. Like, what is your advice for people who don't live within the beauty standard? Great question. So specifically around the Kardashians, which they happen to be the most popular example of what we believe a beauty standard is, right? So 
There's no knock on these particular humans in specifically, but they do vent what we think is beautiful right now. And for a long time, it was the big lips, the big boobs, the tiny waist, the big butt. And that's actually shifted. And Kim has gotten a ton of reaction. And there's a lot of people in my circle who are like, oh, no, 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 no. She's actually become quite like sort of thin again everywhere. And people are like, oh, God, is this back? And it can instill panic. So again, trigger warning for everybody out there that like that's sort of a conversation that's happening a lot in the news and in fashion magazines and stuff right now. So here's how I feel about this. As a person who has seen thousands of bodies, like truly thousands of naked bodies, okay? (laughs) It is very rare that any of those thousands of people that I'm seeing from various backgrounds, of various ages, of various income levels, of various whatever, right? That they fit into that exact standard. It's like impossible to do. And again, if we go back to the example of those perfectly airbrushed images in magazines, that's basically what Kardashians are. They are walking examples of perfectly airbrushed images in magazines. And they are not actually a standard I think we should follow. And again, this is no knock to them specifically, even though I disagree with the way they are maybe projecting beauty standards. But I do think it's important for us to acknowledge that like, you know, their participation in it is not so great. So that said... A reminder that what you see from other people is not always reality. A reminder that beauty is truly individual and created by you and for you and for your enjoyment. Like your beauty and what you do and how you fit into the world and show up beautifully is completely up to you. I also just want to remind people, and this is a good sort of metaphor for this, that like what we see on a mass scale is not always actually popular. So let me tell you. So if you go to a department store, for example, and you go to the bra department, You'll probably see bra sizes there from like B cup to double D cup, maybe a triple D cup, and usually 34 bands to 40 bands. And that's it. Now, y'all can't see this if you're listening, but I'm holding my hands pretty close together because that is the range of bra sizes that that actually, you know, represents. Mm -hmm. What range actually exists? Because that's maybe like 16 sizes, right? What actually exists is 256 sizes of bras. Just because you exist outside of the standard that you're seeing in the mass market does not mean that it's not popular, does not mean that it's not common, does not mean that it's not okay, does not mean that you don't have options, doesn't mean that there's something wrong with your body because you don't fit into this very narrow version of what normal is, huge quotation marks around the word normal. So that's kind of how I feel about beauty standards in general. Like just because you don't fit into this very narrow example of what someone thinks is beautiful does not mean that you're not beautiful. Mm. Like let that stuff go because beauty exists in so many different ways. And then, like I said, every single time I've seen those people naked in person, they don't look like what you see in magazines. They don't look like what you're seeing on TV. They just don't. I've seen them naked, (laughs) not Kim Kardashian specifically. And some people do have really beautiful, flawless looking skin for most of their body. And even they still have human flaws and imperfections and things that are just human about them. And so I think we just really like have this messed up version of what beauty looks like. And it's all based on, we could, we could go off on a huge tangent here, but it's all based on things that just don't actually matter. Truly do not matter. They're made up by men to make us feel small, truly. So mm-hmm. don't worry about it. <laughs> it's wow. Easier said than done. Easier said than done, but definitely don't worry about it. 
Yes, I think of that famous song, like the Victoria's Secret. Song. Yes, I love this song. I know Victoria's Secret, and she's an old man who lives in Ohio. And what is it made up for? Like basically insecurities for you and me, basically, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, someone else is going to quote this better than we will, but <laughs> I love that, and it's true. Like the images that you're seeing, whether it's in Victoria's Secret or not, are just not who you have to be. You don't have to be anybody other than you, truly. I love that. Before we wrap up this interview, I want to add that the whole small range of sizes in the store that you're talking about is also very much, and I don't know if you're familiar with like fat phobia and weight stigma. Oh, yes. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. That's something that, you know, we would say the people who fit into those standard sizes of bras have thin privilege. 100%. Yep. 100% agree. Body privilege. Whereas people who fall outside of those yep. are living like with less privilege. So it's an interesting conversation. We talk about that in our space related to clothing sizes. 100% and I, the same idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like we're ignoring a whole group of people who yeah. are not landing within that range. Yeah. It makes it much more difficult to exist when you yes. feel like people aren't acknowledging your reality and your size. Exactly. So, listen, I just want to validate some people out there that if you don't fit into those sizes, you are still a quote unquote normal size. And until, you know, mass market stores really shift and our culture shifts, there are still places that support you. So, for sure, you know, I worked in a bra fitting boutique and those are all over the world. And I also am training more people to do this, but they carry sizes from double A up to N cup and beyond. So like truly exists, like truly, truly, truly so many more sizes available to you if you go to a really great bra fitter in your local boutique and hey, support a small business, hooray. And then also online, there are really great options. So if you don't have a store in your town or you don't feel comfortable going into a person and taking off your clothes in front of another person, please don't worry. There are options that it's accessible for you to shop online too. And if you have any questions about that, I have a whole course on this on how to go shopping and where to go shopping to find these sizes. So do not stress. We got you. Thank you for that. That's really helpful. So, Kime, this has been lovely. I've loved talking to you and reconnecting. So good. So good. (laughs) And now I remember how we met, which is so great. Yes, it is so great. And for those listening who might want to get in touch with you, how can they find you online? Okay, great question. So I'm one of those people that when I do podcasts, I literally mean this. I want y'all to send me a DM, send me a little message. Let me know you heard this. If you have questions for me, if you have comments, whatever. So I'm at Hooray Kime on like everything. So TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. So that's Hooray, H-U-R-R-A-Y, K-I-M-M-A-Y, Hooray Kime. And then you can also go to HoorayKime.com. I have tons of free resources there for you. And then because you're listening here, I want you to go to HoorayKime.com slash full and thriving. So that's HoorayKime.com slash full and thriving. And you'll get my free bra fit guide. So this is learning how to fit bras on your body, not even worrying about the number, right? We're talking about fit, not the size. I have a thing called the comfort fit system, which really is like an emphasis on the fit and not the size. (laughs) Size is good for starting point, but then we have to talk about that fit. So you'll get a free fit guide and a video there, plus you'll get a class. So that's a really great resource for you. If you're one of those people that's just like, 
I want this course you've been talking about. I want to know how to wake up and not dread like putting on my bra. I want both the practical information and the mindset situation you're talking about how to turn my bra shopping into a ritual. Yes. If you go to hooraykimay.com slash BCC, which stands for bra confidence and comfort. So that's B as in boy, C as in cat, C as in cat, hooraykimay.com slash BCC. And then use code FULL100 you'll get $100 off that course, which is more than 50% off. So it's like for the price of basically two and a half bras, you can have access to this whole course and all the beautiful <laughs> bonuses. So enjoy. Wow. Well, thank you for that. We all love a good deal over here at Full and Thriving. So we're super appreciative. And Kime, thanks again. This has been such a delight. My pleasure. Such a beautiful part of my day. Just saying hooray for you and all the work that you're doing and everybody listening because this is a tough topic and, you know, the stuff that you talk about is pretty deep. And so just like so proud of everybody listening to this and like the work that they are doing within their own lives because it makes such a difference when you do that inner work so that you can then go out into the world a much more fulfilled and loved human being. So hooray. Just glad to be part of it. 